Hey everybody, welcome to Game Off Podcast number 47, where we're going to be talking about some really cool games like The Medium and equally cool and important Honey Pop 2 Double Date. We're also going to be talking about a neat tweet that Brent heard, or read, one of the two. Okay. I'm one of your hosts, Andy, a.k.a. Solid Talker, here with... You've already oversold the tweet here, but I'm, I'm Brent, Arcadia, also RPGG on the YouTubes. And uh, I hear that you found a cool tweet. Yeah, well, a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I am, I am overselling it here. This isn't fair. It's more of a, a tweet that makes you think. Um, oh. <laughs> a while ago, I, I came across this tweet, and it was... I, I couldn't find it in looking it up after the fact now, because it was months ago. But probably three months after the new generation of consoles came up, somebody just tweeted out, just just for anyone who needs to hear this, it's okay to throw out your old console boxes. And I took that personally. I needed to I needed to hear that. I was that was the day I finally 3 months after I bought the console broke it down and put it out for recycling. And it made me still to this day I, it makes me like I still think about it cuz I have right next to me the Cyberpunk Collector's Edition box which came out in November, so it's you know, that as cardboard goes, it's past its prime. Um, but like, why, why, why as gamers do we do this? Like you're, you're less of a console player, but I'm sure you've experienced this in the past. And I know people that do this, people do this all the time with PC parts as well. Um, hmm. what, what is, what is your experience been with this and what are your, uh, philosophical reasons for doing so? I've got so, cause we just moved recently and in packing up, I found so many boxes for shit that I just like, my switch box, my box from my 3DS. Oh god. Yeah, just, I bought a homebrew cart for a game easily 6 years ago that came with a decorative box that wasn't even full like it was still flat packed it had never been folded. <laughs> <laughs> and like I wasn't going to fold it, but I still had that flat pack box sitting there. Like I have just so much gaming packing stuff sitting around that I don't know why I'm holding on to it. But yeah, I don't know what it is. It is just something about throwing it away. Like, like I'm going to someday just sit down and look at it. Yeah. That's, that's like how I feel about the cyberpunk box is they, they went through some decent trouble making it look like a kind of a cool, like building that would belong in a cityscape. So it's part of me thinks that I would like to look at it on like the, the top <laughs> of a shelf but the other part of me is like this thing is like two feet by three feet in size, like uh, on top of being like three feet tall. Like, what? The, where the fuck am I going to possibly fit this? It'd be sticking so far off a shelf, but I can't bring myself to throw it out. Still, even though I'm looking in the face of moving soon. And yeah, before I moved uh, a couple years ago out of state, I I had so many of these stupid things that it just like I didn't even realize they were piling up. It was just like. Like, oh, at first you're like, I might need to return this. And then after three months goes by, like, that window is closed. And you're like, oh, I, I'm i just going to continue lying to myself for whatever reason. <laughs> I still have this with a lot of, like, old collector's items and stuff. Like, I have this box next to me that, like, in the two years since I've moved from, like, my original home, it's just still full of stuff that I've never unpacked. Like, just, just mm-hmm. tchotchkes, essentially. Like... Um, stuff I bought at E3. There's a goddamn, like, anime statue from an anime that I watched when I was, like, 12, and I never finished, and it's in there. <laughs> Why do I still have it, Andy? I don't know. It's still new, and it's packed. I still have the packaging for that. 
what is going on here? Man, I got, it's part of the move again, I found a box full of Dreamcast stuff that I have not unpacked in my last, now, four places that I've lived. I just keep moving it. It just, <laughs> it just moves around. I don't take anything out of it. It's just a box that's labeled Dreamcast 2009. <laughs> it's, it's an actual chore that you've, you've inflicted upon yourself. This is just work. This is just work that I carry with me. And I don't know why I'm still holding on to this Dreamcast from high school and all of the games I have. Because I'm I'm never going to play any of them. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And I'm not even, like, deluded enough that they're like, oh, my son's going to want He's not going to give a shit about Crazy Taxi. No one gives a shit about Crazy Taxi. Yeah, what's he going to do? Like, turn on the Sega Saturn next, play some fucking Turok or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've, I've also got an SNES, I've got an NES, I've yeah. got three binders of games on CDs, all pre-2003. Yeah. Stuff like Command & Conquer, Tiberian Sun, and <laughs> <laughs> Driver 3, like, or I think it was actually called Driv 3-er. phonetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just all of these things, I don't know why I still have them. I have not opened any of those binders in years. I only open them when I move and confirm, oh, is this the one? Is this the binder that, that has my Diablo 2 install discs in it? It is. Good. Okay. Uh, Gotta hold on to that. Yeah. I was I was about to say something, and then I realized how much of a self-fulfilling prophecy it is. But I was like, this will be worth something someday. And it's like, no, this is how we're like, you've just been lugging it around for so long that eventually it becomes a quote unquote collector's item. <laughs> like I did that with so much shit and I looked up the price for it and I'm like, this is still worthless. Like it's worth less than when I bought it 10 years ago. Why am I keeping this shit? <laughs> I had that for a while. I remember with some magic cards, I had a, like two or three bankers boxes worth of magic cards in the back of my car for like six months because I was convinced I could get some money out of them. <laughs> and I finally went to a card shop with them and was like, yeah, I'd like to sell these magic cards, please. All right, well, there's a list of 20 cards on that sheet of paper that we'll buy from you. <laughs> if you don't have one of those 20 cards, we're not interested. So you're saying I have to go through them now? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can, like, look, I know that I have a Mox Diamond and that's it. That's the only thing I have on your list. <laughs> Okay, well, if you find it, we'll give you ten dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, I still have a binder of Pokemon cards, and I'm like, but there's a couple shinies in there. They might be worth something. Mm. Fuck, they're probably not. God, I mean, at least at least Pokemon has retained some of its like pop culture appeal. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, the the collector's items I got from my physical addiction edition of Freedom Planet are never going to have <laughs> any, any real appeal to anyone in five years. Not to, like Freedom Planet's a fine game, but I don't know why I'm still holding on to any of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I found the other day I found a, a booster box full of the original like sets of the World of Warcraft trading cards, and I just looked at it for oh like five minutes, and I was like. Do these still exist? Like, what are, can I just throw these out? Like, this might be the easiest decision I make on the move. Like, these can't be worth anything, Chuck. Yeah, that, that, you're, you're gonna you could show that to actual World of Warcraft players now, and they'd have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah, like that's weird. It's paper and not a screen. What what freak occurrence is this? Did you make that as a fan? Yeah. Is that like a fun idea that you had? 
<laughs> no, look, it's professionally printed. I think it's Wizards of the Coast. It's like, no, <laughs> can't be. No, that's like that's like Arts Cow. You did that online. <laughs> <Arts Cow. laughs> Just Shutterfly. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if these companies still exist. <laughs> I'm guessing Shutterfly probably still exists. Oh, yeah, yeah they definitely do. But yeah, it's 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 shocking. Uh, definitely to check your sanity, I guess. <laughs> Especially when moving. Like, I still can't believe half the shit I moved out of state with. It's, like, truly crazy that I, like, loaded this into, like, either my car or a U-Haul box and paid to have it shipped across the fucking country. Like, Yeah, that is, that is because I, I only moved a couple blocks down the road, so it was easier <laughs> for me to haul a whole ton of shit with me. Yeah, it's like, I don't even need to think about it. I could deal with this the, the next time I move. <laughs> Like, exactly. You know, I, I had to make all of those hard decisions, and somehow World of Warcraft cards passed the test. Well, I mean, those are those are those are definitely going to be worth money someday. <laughs> I, I just, I, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. You made the right call there. God, uh, I don't even want to talk. We'll do collectibles another time. I can list off all the the crap nonsense. Yeah, that's that's a whole other like can of worms too. Is like unpacking figures. Like I had mentioned that other statue the other day, but I had like a, a Dota statue that I bought at the the Boston Major, which was like four years ago now. And I mm-hmm. I was just looking at it in the box the other day, and I was like, this looks so stupid in this box. And I looked up the price, and it was that they were selling for. And even though they don't sell it anymore, it was the same price I paid for it. And I was like, I'm fucking opening <laughs> this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, there, there's something that's just so perfect about opening, like looking at something, look at the price of something online, and say like, "Oh, it's this is exactly what I paid for." <laughs> it, its value is done no, nothing more than be retained, which is better than a car, I guess. I guess, I guess, but you step foot inside that box, and that's ruined. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's it's definitely ruined. But you know, it looks way cooler than it did in the box. Like <laughs> I get it with those old Star Wars figures that like don't do anything other than move their arms up and down. Like they probably look cooler in the packaging because the packaging art looks pretty fresh. But when yeah. it's like a full like full extension action figure that has like a stand and everything that you can do with poses, and it's flat in a box, and it looks like it looks like Han Solo and the fucking the the metal shit. Oh god, I'm getting a Star Wars flame. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, <laughs> it looks like Han Solo and that shit. And it's like, what am I doing? What the hell is the point of this <laughs> metal shit? <laughs> the metal. Sh- what what was he frozen in? Carbon something. Carbon copies. He'd been carbon. He'd been copy. carbon copy. That's Boba Fett was actually Han Solo too. God, little. This makes know. a lot more sense now. Oh, I'm learning so much. <laughs> I mean, Boba was a clone, wasn't he? Or was he, yeah, he the only not clone? I don't know. I don't know, man. I, uh, prequels. I mean, who even watched Star Wars? <laughs> Did anyone even see that movie? Uh, stop after eight. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we have an option? Are we allowed to stop? Yeah, uh, find a way. <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker was so bad. Uh, it's like the, <laughs> I th- the only ones I don't like are one, two, and nine, and it's those are like the most unfortunate numbers to be to have done wrong. Yeah, two is I think of all of them the most disappointing for me because it just it feels like it was what you as a thirteen year old thought a cool Star Wars movie would be. Yeah, yeah. 
Like just all like oh and then what if like this happened? Oh and then this guy oh my god and he do this and he do the flips and Yoda would take out his lightsaber and he would flip around and <laughs> isn't it crazy? He's not just an old guy. Uh, wacky dacky. What do we do with that? Nothing. <laughs> And now it goes nowhere. Yeah. No point. <laughs> Clone Wars, they have begun, and then it skips the Clone Wars entirely for the next movie. Yeah, after, well, I mean, after no one cares about that. Literally every movie hypes it up. Why are we talking about Star Wars? This is a mistake. <laughs> this is this the Game Off podcast is the only podcast that tries as hard as it can to not talk about any of the things <laughs> that it has on the docket for that day. <laughs> It's true. We were we we said we were going to be talking about a very specific neat tweet, and the first thing I said is like, "Listen, we don't have that tweet. No clue who it came from, where it went." But here's some here's some Attack of the Clones hot takes, fresh out the oven for you. Oh, what is wrong with us? What are we doing? Here's Andy trying to work Diablo Cody into another conversation. <laughs> she did it. That has to be the sixth time. At least in 47 <laughs> episodes, Andrew. Oh my god. Her agent gives me 10 bucks anytime I bring her up. Is it, is it worth it, though? I mean, it must be worth it for her. She's not getting a lot of other press. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know that. I have no idea what she's doing. Uh, I think she was doing a CW show or something last I heard. God. I could be that, that. That's the dream. CW doesn't cancel anything. <laughs> no. That really is. Like, I'll just ride this out till retirement. It's like, you're 24. It's like, yeah, that's so it goes. No, nope. <laughs> I'll be I'll be writing high schoolers and playing high schoolers till I retire. <laughs> C doesn't, CIW has no idea how old high schoolers are. <laughs> They've heard rumors. Oh, God. That, that is so weird that they have, like, 34-year-olds playing high schoolers. Like, it's, it's somehow more perverted than, like, animes with, like, 17-year-old panty shots and stuff. Well, otherwise, because if you had actual high schoolers, you couldn't show so many high schoolers having sex. Oh, that's true. That, 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 that's the trade-off. That's true. The only way you can show that many high schoolers having sex is by having them played by obvious adults. <laughs> Although, oh, no. You know what? I'm not going to. This, this topic is <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is, this is going too far. Don't watch Riverdale. It's a garbage show. That's all. That's where we can leave it. There you go. There's your last hot take for the, the not gaming game off our portion of the show. Please, please start talking about the medium. Oh, the medium transition. Medium's actually a interesting game. So, oh, good. I, yeah, yeah. I I don't play scary games at all. It's it's a very spoopy game. If we're still saying that word in twenty twenty one, I think so. I still hear it every once in a while. <laughs> it's uh, historically, I play zero horror games and. The, the, the spoopiest game I play is probably Dark Souls, which is, is fairly spoopy, and it's got its jump scares with things hiding around corners. But part of part of Dark Souls is the learning process. So you learn that something's around a corner, and you just deal with it, and it's not it's not scary anymore. The medium is a linear, linear investigative uh, thriller. I'm going to say thriller. It's not a proper horror game. It's not... Its entire goal isn't to scare the shit out of you. It's... Got a couple jump scares, which suck and are annoying because I fucking hate jump scares. Everyone hates jump scares. Um, but the, <laughs> so before I continue, I should note that the as I've said, I, I don't like spoopy games. Um, this game was arrived on my Xbox for free through Game Pass. So I think I'm going to have a little bit of a bias 
in favor of it just because it was free to me. Uh, the pr- That's the best <clears throat> price for a game. <laughs> yeah. Especially a game I 100% never would have bought. Ever, ever, ever. In a million years, could be $3 on sale, would not have bought it. But <laughs> my takeaway has been that I, I'm glad I played it. It, it does retail for $50, which I, I'm about 90% of the way through, by the way. But for $50, it seems kind of high. It's it's very cool. It's very next-gen. It's pretty. It's got some interesting features that can only be done on next-gen. But $50 still seems pretty high for what you're getting. That being said, back to... And what the, are we getting? Yeah, yeah. What you're getting is actually a kind of interesting investigative... Slash, not really action, but it's got, like, interesting mechanics that allow you to do certain puzzle-solving things. I guess maybe the best comparison might be to, like... I'm sort of thinking, like, a hybrid of, like, some of the Life is Strange games where you all have certain, like, one specific power in each of the Life is Strange games. You essentially only have, like, two or three powers in this, but you use them in different ways to solve puzzles... There's no com- okay. there's no true combat in the game. There's like a little bit of action. There's a little bit of running away from monsters and stuff like that. But most of the time, you're just trying to solve simple puzzles. You're exploring. There, one of the achievements is a joke about it being a walking sim because it is essentially like a jazzed up <laughs> walking sim. It really is. But all in all, like it's it's sort of calm enough where people who don't like scary games I think could still get through it. There's definitely some high-stress moments in the game. One of the early moments in the game that really was like, okay, this is this is uh, probably going to be a little scarier for me than I thought, as you get this, this razor blade made of nothing but shame and despair, and you have to use it to cut through skin doors very slowly. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I understood... I know what all of the words in the sentence you just said are, but I didn't understand what the sentence you just said meant. So say it again. There's a razor blade made of shame that you use to cut through skin doors? Yep, that's that's what I said, sir. So I guess maybe I'll back up for just a quick second. One of the big... I think maybe you should. (laughs) One of the big selling points to this game was the next-gen consoles could render this... render two worlds simultaneously. So you play as a medium, who in this game also has, like, superpowers and can, you know, breach into another world. In a lot of the scenes, you're breaching into the world at the same time, the other world, the same time you're experiencing the, the real world, the world we experience. So okay. you'll, you'll have a, a split-screen experience, despite it just being, you know, the, you're doing the exact same movements, you're moving through the same world, but there may be different obstacles in that world. So one of those things is skin doors in 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 the gross world. So in the gross world, you might uh, I I would have gone through you know a certain puzzle that involved you know going through some doors, unlocking some things, leaving my body so that I'm only in in the spooky world, and then you know finding this this razor blade. And when you pick up the razor blade, it's not like a razor blade like you would think. It's it looks like a razor blade, but like, the commentary on it is, like, this is formed completely of shame, misery, and despair, or something like that. Uh, but it takes uh, this physical form. It's just, okay. like, something that might look like Doom Guy's turds after he's been eaten in hell. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah. I, I, I think I think it's, like, it's... it's Okay, I think I can... <laughs> it's, it's metaphorically made out of those things. 
in in the spoopy world, it's like it is like a manifestation of those things. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that makes a little bit yeah. more sense. So yeah. So you take the razor blade. You return back to your body from this out of body experience because that'll be like one of the special abilities you have, and what looks like an opening in the real world is that is like blocked by this invisible barrier that you can't see. But in the spooky world, it's a skin door. And so the action item is cut through the skin door. (laughs) It's like, Oh boy, here we go. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it any further into this game, but you know, I stuck it out and I'm glad I did. Yeah. There's, there's no boss fights in the game whatsoever. There's, there's monster encounters, I guess I could describe them, but it's sort of like more platforming puzzle solving than it is actual fighting. Later in the game, you'll have to like sort of counter attack things, but that's not actually you doing any actual fighting. So you get the general idea. Like, don't go into this game thinking it's a combat game. So what is the gameplay like then? Is it is it mostly just walking around and like walking simulator stuff? Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty much just like an old adventure game mixed with like a new new exploration game. Like you find some items, you can combine them in your inventory. They help you solve puzzles and stuff. Some of these things are like, like I said, like ruptured, I forget what they refer to them as, but like ruptured items that have effects in the other world. Something like um, the the earliest one was, I don't remember, the, the, one of the more recent ones that I did, there's a globe. And essentially, like, you have to go find this piece, so you have to leave your body, find this piece for the globe, bring the globe back, make the globe look a certain way. And then in the real world, it's, it functions as this, like, rift item between the worlds, so you can change up the room in this, the spooky world that allows you to actually move through it more. And so it's, it's all, like, puzzles like that, like, things are blocking your way. It's, it's also reminiscent of a lot of old old scary games like i wouldn't consider the original resident evil like a, a horror game like would you uh, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who would get very offended at the idea that we <laughs> wouldn't call it the scariest game ever made but no i think i think it's pretty campy and goofy yeah uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll go a step further like silent it reminds me more of silent hill like okay not not when you when you're talking about razors forged in hate and cutting through skin doors silent hill is kind of more what i was imagining (laughs) yeah it it does the thing where it's like stationary camera angles so you'll go into a room and the camera might be like looking straight down at you and then you move somewhere else and it'll be coming from a different angle so in that way it's very retro horror game but yeah it's it's essentially like a puzzle game with with scary moments how is the story The story is actually surprisingly good. I, on several occasions, I was shocked by how much I liked the writing, because I thought it was just going to be this, you know, campy bullshit. It's like, I I, I can't even think of a good example. Like, you know, it's the typical horror fair, but I didn't really get that from this. Maybe because I don't play that many horror games. Maybe this is just the intro game and then i play another one and everything's the fucking same but but who knows i <laughs> i i thought the writing was pretty decent i didn't one of the things i wanted to look up is it's it's by a polish studio so i don't know if it was developed like in polish for poland originally and then localized later i know it's like global simultaneous relief 
But if that is the case, the localization team did a fucking phenomenal job. Like, you know, stilted a lot of language can be when it's translated. I didn't I didn't feel like that at all at any point in time. Well, this is um this is Bloober team, right? Yeah, this is Bloober. They've been doing some good stuff for a while now, minus that Blair Witch game. <laughs> a lot of people like that too. Um, I I heard that. I I never played it. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm being rude here and making <laughs> cut making comments out of turn. I never played that. I never played. Uh, even I never actually never played Observer. So Andy exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Observer is the one that put them on my radar and ultimately why I played this game because that looks so cool, but also too spooky for because me. Of Rucker Hauer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rucker Hauer, that, that whole vibe, obviously. But yeah, it looked a little too spooky for me at the time. And then for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. Like I'm vaccinated now. I'm not, I'm not afraid of no, no ghost germ boys. I'm not afraid of anything, Andy. I got superpowers now. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually really glad I played this. I don't know if I'll be playing another scary game for quite a while, because it's still extremely stressful, and I'm only playing it during the day with, with the volume really low. Um, but but it's it's nice. Like The, the one thing I will say is like I've been using a, a guide just for collectibles, not for walkthrough reasons, but just, just, just to get all the collectibles in one go. And it's sort of nice to have, like, like a reference point that doesn't have spoilers, but but you sort of always know what's going on. It's probably probably taking away a lot of the intended tension, but honestly, that's how I'm enjoying the game more. Same reason that people play on story mode for most games. You know, if, if that's how you enjoy the game to the, to the fullest, then just fucking do it. That is a wonderfully not judgmental way to handle that. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing. I, I, I had this epiphany while I was while I was using the collectibles guide and it's like, I, I, this is how I like to play bigger collectible games. Like this is how I enjoy. I don't like the stress that comes along with missing something and then not being able to go back and get it. And then like seeing later is like, Oh, you missed the best item in the game four hours ago. Like you could have upgraded that. And it's like, well, now I hate this game because it did that to me. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to have that experience, but in the past, I've probably made snide remarks towards people that play like story modes and stuff because I usually play on higher difficulties. But I get it. Well, and that's, I get it. That's a the problem you're describing there is one that I, I remember having with like Resident Evil and Silent Hill games as well because so much of that happens in that game is like you have these little opportunities for things. Yeah, and if you don't catch them at just the right moments, well, that sucks. Yes, you should have thought to. Try to open that locker three times. <laughs> exactly. Idiot. Exactly. And that's like a lot of this game is like that. You have this insight power that if you don't do it at the right places, you won't know that you can even move this book to the side. And then there's a collectible behind it. Stuff like that. Because like gotcha. you like literally using this insight power allows you to do that action. Like even if you walked past it, it would you wouldn't see the action. So. Just just going around and exploring isn't necessarily enough, and that that can be kind of frustrating at times. Because you're saying that it's not all that spooky, but also that it is a bit spooky. When you call it a thriller, I guess what kind of spooks are we talking about? Like, are there actual like monsters? Yeah. Are there actual things that? Okay. There's monsters. There's there's ghosts. There's dead girls. There's spooky dolls. There's because like when I think of thrillers, I think of like those movies that get billed as thrillers. Like yeah. Along came a spider, or <laughs> yeah. that. That's like that an action one thriller, with, right? 
No, that was the one with Morgan Freeman and some woman that in my mind is Laura Linney, but probably wasn't <laughs> Laura Linney. I, I guess, yeah, like I would even consider the game like a thriller just because it's, you know, it's sort of a life or death game. But, you know, the ending. Yeah. 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 The thrillers that, you know, the game is such an interesting one because that's one of those movies that comes out where like it now is just a thing that you think of when you're watching other movies. Like you'll be watching or like reading a book and I'm like, oh wait, is this just the game? <laughs> Please don't let is it that be what the I'm game watching? again. <laughs> am I just watching the game again? <laughs> I had that with a book recently where halfway through I'm like, this is just gonna be the game, isn't it? <laughs> we there there can only be one the game. No one can do that ever again. There can no no one can pull a, a Roxanne. Or not a Roxanne, Roseanne. Like, enough of the shit. <laughs> Roxanne. Roxanne. Is is this just Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah again? Is that what I'm watching? <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch Roxanne too. Although, is Daryl Hannah dead? I for some reason I think she's dead. No, I don't think she's. Did she go like Rand, um, like Randy Quaid? Is she hiding in Canada, fearing for her life from the government or whatever his his whole deal was? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I, I gave I gave her a lot more credit than that, but God only knows. Wrong. But but the but the medium though. Yeah. The media. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said all, I, I, I guess, oh, so we were basically talking about whether it's truly a, a horror or a thriller. I, be, because it is an investigative game, I guess it's part thriller, part horror. I, I can't, I wouldn't pigeonhole it as a horror game. Like, you think about, um, like, like what was it, Out, Outlast? Like, when I see images of that, I'm like, that's terrifying. That's a horror game. Like, even Five Nights at Freddy's, like, that's a straight up horror survival game. Right. Like that's, that's a game that's that's actively trying to like really scare yeah, you. Make make you poo poo your pants constantly. Like this game is just always spooky all the time. Like it takes place in an abandoned Polish resort, and you you sort of find out that there's more than meets the eye uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> there most... always is an abandoned Polish yeah, resort. Yeah. From my experience, <laughs> I mean, it's not long before you start seeing the blood splattered walls and stuff, and then it's like it's just the common thing. You just your character handles all this very well, too. I think that's one of the problems I had with the storytelling. Your character just does the classic video game thing of just making these off-the-cuff irreverent jokes about what's going on. It's like, your <laughs> mind would be shattered, woman. Like, this would break a human being. But You're handling this very well. I remember having moments like that in Control. Whereas you, you're adapting to this world very quickly. I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done, you. Honestly, if you like any sort anything about how I describe that game, I would recommend it to you. Okay, because that does that does sound like something that I would enjoy playing around with. I I always think of myself as that I'm going to enjoy horror games more than I do. Yeah, because I'm also a big scaredy cat. But <laughs> yeah. I always try them. Yeah, I didn't make it through the Resident Evil Seven demo. That game's in so. first person, and that is sinister for that. Like, I feel like that's the, that's how you know it's a horror game. Like, if you're forced into first person and you can't see around you, yeah, fuck a debt. Like, this isn't third yeah. person. Makes it a lot less terrifying. It honestly so is it more like a game that tries to unnerve you than scare you? Yeah, I think that's a fair okay. point. Like, there's most of the time you can see. Like, exactly all the scary shit on your screen all the time. Like, even with the monsters, <laughs> usually you can ha you can keep your eye on them. Like, you, you, don't, you won't like what happens if they catch you, but you, you know what they're up to. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I guess that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a fair deal that you've got with the monsters there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, long contract negotiations. 
yeah, yeah, story solid, uh, and no real combat to speak of. I don't know if I'll be playing another horror game for a while. I think this one sort of got got a lot of goodwill from me, like I said, A, because it's free, and B, I haven't played a horror game since, like, the original Silent Hill. <laughs> so, yeah. So some big shoes to fill, then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I, I, got, I got forced into playing Silent Hill by a friend of mine who wanted to play it, but couldn't was too scared to play it. And I was like, <laughs> well... I guess if you're in the room, I can handle it, and I hated every fucking minute of it. <laughs> ah, it's, that is that is such an adorable way of like young people playing games. Like that's that's fantastic. Oh, thank you. I was 24. What were you? Yeah, yeah. I was, this was like I thought you were talking about like when talking about this like when Silent Hill first came out. Oh that's no, what I was it, it was the original version of Silent Hill on like PS3, but. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, I was picturing, like, like, you in 1999. I'm like, oh, this is really cute. Like, a couple little kids. Like, I'll play it if you're in the room with me. <laughs> no, oh, shit. No, I just added myself as a cl- complete wimp. Uh. No, 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 no it's, e- it's even better that way. It's just <laughs> 1999, Brent, was very, it was a very amusing <laughs> picturing that. Well, <laughs> well shame, my shame is through the roof, so... <laughs> I'm assuming that that you were 24 and it was still during a sleepover in someone's, like, either unfinished or, like, that pseudo-finished basement where it's got wood paneling and carpet squares. Oh, God, that's too too close to being accurate. <laughs> we were too poor to afford good beer, so I think we would buy, like, four packs of Becks for, like, $6. Yep. Oh, the good old times. Hey, why don't we talk about anything else now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts on that before we want to want to jump into a- another equally spoopy game? Yeah, no, I, I think I pretty much summarized it. So why don't we just get right into Honey Pop 2? So Honey Pop 2 Double Date is a weird sex porn game with Bejeweled <laughs> underneath it or a weird Bejeweled game with sex porn on top. I don't know why I said sex porn. That's not it's, necessary. That's how humans it's, talk. <laughs> exactly. Well done, comrade Andy. Honey Pop has kind of three things about it. There's a dating sim in there that's kind of okay. There's just porn, just drawings of naked waifus, which is, <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're into, that's fine. The art is passable. It looks good. I've seen worse art. It's not not really what I was looking for. And then it also has a match three game, which is fantastic. And well, that that's where the the interesting puzzle and dichotomy of Honey Pop as a game series kind of comes together. Because it feels to me, if I had to make a guess, that it is a it was someone trying to make a sex game that was just gonna like shoehorn some match three in there to give it padding. <laughs> Yep. And then accidentally made an extremely interesting match three puzzle. <laughs> and so like that's where I come into it is a, is a is a lover of match three games, less of a lover of dating sims and having to work hard to look at still images of pornography. <laughs> Which is again, it is 2021. <laughs> I don't have to do any work to look at still images of pornography. That <laughs> it's just everywhere. It's called I a have slow to actively burn, avoid Andy. it. I have to, when I'm on Reddit, actively avoid looking at pornography <laughs> because it's all in there. Uh, God bless the modern era. Uh, the, the general overview of, of Honey Pop is you are 
some guy who is on a island vacation and is just there to get laid as much as he can and have sex with the myriad, I think there's like 12 women, uh, the myriad of women that are at this island with all sorts of different, wonderful, charming personalities. And you need to go through your very, very basic dating sim, talk to them, give them gifts that match the gift that they like, and then answer questions that show that you listened the last time they told you something. Like that very baseline dating sim. I don't know if you've ever played any dating sim games. And if you don't want to admit it, that's fine. I'm a pure boy. I would never play such a thing. That's fair. I won't push you further than that. <laughs> like, no one's going to go look at what games you upvoted on Newgrounds. It's fine. <laughs> I was born five years ago before Newgrounds. Or after. <laughs> Newgrounds isn't a thing in my memory bank. <laughs> but you go around, you go to these different locations, you have different times of day, and at, you know, morning, afternoon, evening, and uh, a fourth one, d- double evening, nighttime. I don't know. <laughs> There are different locations on the islands you can go to. There are girls there. You can talk to them, give them gifts, and, oh, my God, I love you more. It's great. So is there some sort of, like, free-roaming aspect to this? No, you're you're literally just looking at a menu of what place do you want to go next. Oh. And wow, then you really arrive there, game. and there's a, there's a background of, um, you know, a hot- of a hotel lobby or an airport or a beach or a sexy grotto or whatever, and then a still <laughs> image on top of it of whatever girls you're talking to. The thing that makes Honey Pop too interesting, and, and to kind of jump into the part, the reason that I'm talking about this today, and the reason that <laughs> I, I was looking forward to this game, why I bought it on release day, is because of the way that it does its match three game. If you imagine a standard Bejeweled where you're matching things to try and build up a meter for points, is kind of how you're matching things to build up this meter for your date being successful. But different colors will affect different girls differently. Poorly worded, but stick with me. So some girls get more affection from specific colors, red or blue or green or whatever. And there are also bad tokens that if you match them, they bring your affection meter down. Honey Pop 2 adds on top of this this idea that you're dating two, on any date you're on, you're dating two girls at the same time, and you need to keep switching your attention back and forth between them. Kind of like a, you know an Archie comic, where you're trying to make sure Betty and Veronica are both happy on this double date. (laughs) You're having to switch your, you're literally toggling back and forth as to which girl is being affected by the matches that you're making. But the way that things go, you can end up screwing yourself by not having things. I'm not really explaining this very well. And it's difficult to explain match three in a way that sounds very interesting (laughs) because it just sounds like you're making matches. The point is keep comparing it to bejeweled. Okay. Everyone knows. It's bejeweled. Yeah, everyone knows what Bejeweled is. Imagine you've got Bejeweled, but you've got two meters that you're trying to fill. You need to keep flitting back and forth between them. You also have gifts that you can give girls on the date that allow you to build these weird combos where it's, all right, almost like a puzzle quest or or any other kind of combo, uh, any other game where you're trying to set up combos, really. I don't know why I'm trying to explain combos on a gaming podcast. But you can set up like, oh, okay, you now get more red tokens. And oh, when you get red tokens, this happened. And then you use this gift and it sucks in all of the red tokens, which gives you this big combo. It's all really well and good. It's a really good, well-made match three puzzle. It's one of the most one of the most unique and, and interesting approaches I've seen to it. But the thing that interested me beyond all of this, it's a really interesting match three puzzle. 
and it does a lot of a lot of small things that if you play a lot of match three you'd find really interesting but the thing i find even more interesting about it is the whole concept of it it is just sex on top of a match three game with some of the weirdest most incelly jokes and dialogue in there as well uh-huh. but in a way that i think is trying to be ironic i'm not really sure <laughs> you can see what you want in the game it's just a reflection of yourself i, I you know what i Maybe think that's the... kind of that's kind of it there's a lot of characters that are just really like you would almost get that the person writing these characters just hated women <laughs> or was making jokes about people who hated women, but in a way where it was nearly indistinguishable from him just hating women. Yeah. So for an example of that would be like each of these girls has traits about them that affect how this game play, how these match three games play out. And some of them are just like, like, you know, doesn't like uh, cheap gifts. So they don't like candy and makeup. They want fancy expensive things. But there are other girls that have traits like annoying as shit and <laughs> smells like fish uh, and like just other really kind of gross yeah that make it difficult to try and pretend that this is nothing and it, the whole thing is just very interesting to me because this was a i mean four match three porn games it was a big release I, yeah i mean even it, i knew about this one <laughs> yeah and not not just from me like it it has 4800 reviews on steam oh god like (laughs) that's it's a lot it's a lot of horny boys a lot of reviews and girls i guess yeah yeah could be girls too (laughs) could be girls too i mean it it is what it is it's just it's such a weird thing for me if you've got questions please please go ahead yeah you were talking about the humor a little bit like how does how does that take form like what are the more uncomfortable moments that you've experienced so you have these conversations with these girls and they're not really conversations. You just kind of click the talk button and they say something at you and they'll ask you a question like, oh, what do you like about this? What's your favorite thing to do on a weekend? What's your favorite type of music? Whatever. And you're just supposed to kind of like lie and say whatever you think they want to hear so yeah. that their meter goes up, which is I mean, that's just a very cynical way of dealing with human interaction and dating. <laughs> yeah, sure. But is. that's that's. Not all that different from a lot of really cynical, <laughs> shitty things out there. Yeah. Uh, they definitely don't lie to women, kids that are listening to this. It yeah, doesn't work yeah, out. Don't, don't lie to women to try and trick them into sleeping with you. <laughs> don't lie to anyone. But, don't. Yeah, don't do that to anyone, actually. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's right. Sorry. Don't lie to anyone. Don't try to coerce people into sleeping with you. <laughs> Let's not stoop to honeypops level here. <laughs> Be good people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Exactly. <laughs> it's... But on top of that, like, just the characters that they've written are just extremely generic archetype characters. Uh, There's a character who is, I want to say she is a flight attendant or pilot or something from some non-specific Middle Eastern location. And her whole thing is that she's dealing with having been sexually repressed and also extremely horny. Mm. And talking about how, like, it's shameful from her culture to do what what she wants you to do to her. Mm, that's right it's a tough great tough subject to tackle honey pop too yep <laughs> not maybe, <laughs> maybe not really the medium for tackling that yeah there's a there's another character who is i think they're supposed to be supposed to be doing like the the 
ditzy girl stereotype, like ditzy kind of stupid girl. Yeah. But it does it to such a, I think they're trying to do it for comedic purposes to such a level that you're basically talking to a child. Like the, the things that they say and the way they're reacting and their complete obliviousness to things is like you're talking to a child. Some of the gifts, each girl has gifts that you give her that are like, you figure out which girl this gift, who's, who would want the guitar amp, who would want this thing, who would want the fancy shoes. And for hers, it's like literal child's toys. Like, here's a box set. Here's one of those games where you put the, the different shapes through the holes in the top of the box. <laughs> and she's talking like, oh, it's my favorite thing to play with. Oh. Like, this, this is literally just a child that I'm trying to have sex with. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a whole different uh, round of ethics that we <laughs> probably need to talk yeah. about. And I don't know if that's better or worse than the thousand-year-old person in the child's body you see in Japanese games, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a weird weird uh, archetype for sure. <laughs> I was gonna say like this this is just about as tactful as like the like the sister love animes. <laughs> like, like clearly, it's not going into it with any sort of like mindset of tackling this in a way that people should talk about it. It's just oh, this is somebody's fetish. Fucking let's just let's just go with it. I think that's what it is. I I, I don't think the developer has any real, like, love for any of these characters other than just, like, this is a fetish someone would want. I'm going to go I'm gonna go through it with it. Yeah. The, uh, this is something that, that someone would be into. They have a character in there that is just, like, I think it's supposed to be just a female weeb. And that's the... It's written in that way. <laughs> and everything that's written about them is just really, like, fuck this character. Isn't she annoying? Isn't she the worst person in the world? Isn't she horrible to talk to? Yeah. It, it's how lazy. It, it's 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 lazy. I think the thing that I'm I'm trying hard to put into words why I find this game so fascinating. The core of it, the puzzle gameplay, is really good and innovative, but it's surrounded with so much badness, both <laughs> in lazy writing, in weird offensive writing, in <laughs> cheap dating mechanics, in pointless pornography. Like, it's just, it's surrounded with so many layers of crap. Like, can it exist? I, th- I think that's the question I, that it asked that I like is, can it exist? Is, is it, does it still have value? <laughs> and will you still play it despite all of these things? Right. And I did. I beat the game. Good. I beat the game because I liked the puzzle that much. There you go. It was, it was a fun enough puzzle <laughs> that when I'm trying to, when I'm at the, the point where now I'm on the double date with the girl and her aunt, and I'm trying to get the two of them to have a threesome with me. <laughs> like, like, just being like, this is fine. I really like this puzzle. This is a really fun puzzle. It's <laughs> great. Here, here's the real question of the night. Um, do you feel like you're part of the problem or part of the solution? <laughs> you know, there is a... Um, do you ever watch uh, that Mitchell Web look? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. There's a sketch in there where they're, where the guys are... The, the two are acting as um, TV executives talking about a new reality show. Okay. And talking about how the people who are going to watch the show... Some people are going to watch it because they enjoy it, but then there's going to be a lot of people who watch it not because they enjoy it, but because they feel like they're the only ones who are smart enough to have realized how stupid it is. <laughs> 
And the point they make is that those people show up exactly the same on the ratings as the people who genuinely <laughs> like the show. <laughs> Uh, and that, and I do feel that way sometimes when playing games like Honey Pop and other match three games or other fun puzzle games that are wrapped in weird porn or weird yeah, other shit. It's, it's like, to the developer, I'm not filling out a comment card and sending it in with like a, <laughs> I'm buying this under duress because your puzzle is good, <laughs> but I don't want to see your horrible attempts at representation with your trans character. <laughs> Yeah, it's the classic, like, dot, 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 you still bought it. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, cool story, but you still bought porn match three games. <laughs> and uh, it's, I wish I could. I, I, I have, every time I've played it, I've gone into offline mode on Steam. Because I don't <laughs> want to have the conversation with people and have to explain why I think it's a really good puzzle. <laughs> because no one cares, and you can't explain no match three in the way that anyway. And no one believes me. No one's gonna. No one... you, you've been able to explain this for fucking fifteen minutes now, and still no one's gonna believe you. You can send <laughs> no, them I, clips I, of this. You don't believe me. You're here. Yeah, 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 that's really cool. You just you just wanted to pull, look at anime my, titties. Didn't my you, next Andy? question is is uh, directly related to anime titties. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, let's let's hear it. How are the anime titties? <laughs> They're fine. They're oh. fine. Okay. It's. It's it's all very wet. Uh, what? Why? Is it the beach <laughs> thing? No. Um. Just, we just this this is this is a this is an explicit podcast. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and mince words here too much. I apologize <laughs> to our producer for having to hear me describe this. Uh, so rip. Um. Yeah. Sorry. The the pictures that you get are fairly graphic, and they're not shy with showing just wetness in areas where wetness would naturally uh, develop or be deposited like precoital uh postcoital postcoital <laughs> oh, also precoital midcoital <laughs> the idea being that things are particularly juicy or have or have had I didn't juice want to hear that. deposited upon them i hate this podcast <laughs> this is the end we finally we finally hit the bottom as I'm again it's a really fun match three puzzle is what it is. It's a really fun match three puzzle if you ignore the really juicy anime titties and the weird incel dialogue. Oh, series finale boys. Yeah, it's um I I can't oh, say God. that I'd recommend it to people because I don't want to be responsible for someone having played it. I don't want anyone to say, Andy, you told me I should play this. <laughs> you told me I should play this game where... <laughs> out of your damn mind. <laughs> where I'm trying to have a threesome with an adult <laughs> child and a weeb. <laughs> because that's not... It's, I didn't tell you that. I, I want to make very clear. I have not told you that. This conversation <laughs> is being recorded for quality purposes. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Talking about this game right now because I have to. It's not a, a stamp of authorization. I'm talking about it because I think that it, it is a game that needs to be talked about because it, <laughs> it, it it's it's you know what this this is going to be a horrible excuse here, but I'm going to try to pivot. Um, this I feel like this is talking about this game is talking is almost like talking about Chris Brown's music 
Can you listen Ooh. to Chris Brown's music and separate it from Chris Brown? I choose not to partake in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> or let's John Lennon, who had admitted to having been a domestic abuser at one point in his life. Can you listen to that music and separate the artist from the art that they've created? Or can you separate... Can you look at, at a really trashy film and find the parts of it that are really worth talking about? Yeah, I mean, yes, but there's always some part of you that just knows, and it's sort the, of you, like a like a tinnitus buzz constantly while you're trying to enjoy this movie or read a book, et cetera, et cetera. I'm having that thing now with like uh, one of the J.K. Rowling's mystery books that she writes under a different name, it's like, yeah, she hates fucking trans people, and nobody does why. <laughs> I don't know why she's so mad at trans people. But I'm trying to enjoy this mystery it. thriller that is very good. But yeah, it's it, it's tough. And that's the that's the tough part. That's that's the problem I have. Much like with J.K. Rowling hating trans people, and me playing Honey Pop, and just seeming to hate women in general and <laughs> be really gross about women. It, it's. It's hard to separate those things out, but I think as gamers, we have to do that. <laughs> real gamers. It's real gamers. And it's, I think it's a topic that come, <laughs> that came up a lot with, with cyberpunk. Yeah. Can you play cyberpunk and separate playing cyberpunk from the rest of cyberpunk? Like the rest yeah. of CD Projekt Red and everything around it? Or if you remember, like, what was it, 10 years ago when that game Hatred came out? Like, can you have a conversation about hatred without talking about the fact that it's just a mass murder simulator? <laughs> yeah. Like, can you talk about it just like, well, let's just talk about it as a shooter game. <laughs> Is that possible? Can you just rate it that way? <laughs> in, in the most strict senses, yes, it is a shooter game, but there's way too many people. Right. You can't, you can't just ignore that part of it. Yeah. And then how does that enter into giving a recommendation? Like, can a game be good that you wouldn't recommend? <laughs> can, can you can you have a game that's very good that you're embarrassed to own or talk about <laughs> oh it's it's weird it's it's it exists in a weird pocket that i don't think I'll, i think there's some games out there but most of the ones that are like porn games are just full-out porn games yeah they're not in weird places they're not like also good games it's not like there's no like dark souls that also has weird sex simulator in the middle of it yeah, I, I mean, that's an interesting thing in the industry is only only like the top, top tier games are willing to, you know, risk even putting boobies in their games and getting the, the M rating. And then suddenly they like teens can't buy their games now. Like how many games even have boobies in them really nowadays? Like GTA, Witcher and Cyberpunk are probably the only ones I can think of. Yeah, um, I mean, I think like even the um, uh, the Mass Effect series didn't have any. They all like cut around it andromeda did um, oh did they i didn't i never played andromeda so i don't know yeah yeah it was, it was uh surprising to see but i mean i like again as, a, as an adult it's like that yeah, that's cool i'm glad th i'm glad they took that risk like it's already an m-rated game like you're, you're shooting fucking aliens in the skull and seeing blue blood shooting everywhere so what's what's the real fucking harm in boobies but yeah ult ultimately like the, the misogyny is a different topic entirely or you remember um BMXXXX. Oh yeah, that was the that was the progenitor of porn games. <laughs> like 
what, yeah, what is, how do you talk about that game? C- could you just write a review of that game where you just talk about it as a freestyle BMX <laughs> game? And you don't even touch on the fact that, like, there's technically, if you, I think, I think it was just the GameCube version that actually had the uncensored breasts in it. Yeah, it might have been. It's so weird to think about now, knowing Nintendo. Yeah. Well, it's just so weird to think about that game at all, that that game existed and was sold. Yeah. At some point in development, they were like, we have a BMX game here, but it's it's nowhere near as other as good as other BMX games on the market. Do we stop developing it, or do we find a, a hook? And the hook was boobies. <laughs> That's all they had. That was the best they could do. <laughs> and there's worse things to add to your game, but yeah, it's... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in in that era, too, it's not like they look good. So it's like, what the hell is this? Why does this exist? Well, hopefully, Honey Pop or Honey Pot Studios, the company who makes Honey Pop, does not go the way of a claim and have to fire Chapter 7 bankruptcy. <laughs> what a strange, what a strange game, but it's so successful now. Like, I'm glad it came up, but it's also just an absolute fucking minefield. <laughs> Oh, the, the uh, you're talking about BMXXXX or or Honey Pop? Honey Pop in general, like it's it's success, like it like it just demands attention. Like, yeah, it, you can't ignore it, and I think I think we're going to see more things like that come yeah. up as more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As more marketplaces allow that kind of content. Yeah. I, I think if Steam hadn't allowed it, it never would have. You know, it never would have gotten any of the things that it did, any of right. the acclaim or, or notoriety it did. Because there's, there's tons of porn games out there. And there are whole marketplaces that exist just to sell, like, anti-porn games. But this yeah. one made it on Steam and had enough of a baseline of a, of gameplay that, you know, it it made it into <laughs> the, the, the zeitgeist of gaming, kind of, in yeah. a weird way. Which, which, ultimately, for Steam, isn't that hard. Pretty much the only thing you have to do is, like add too many boobies to a game, and then you're out. It has more reviews on Steam than the medium. <laughs> there you go. Like, <laughs> that's why that's I saved the best for last. Do with what you will with that information, but it's just, <laughs> like, that. that's the level that we're talking about of a game. It, it has more reviews than, than the medium, a game that does not have, it doesn't have boobs, right? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay, well, yeah, there we go. It, do, not it even does not have boobs. boobs. Really? That's a shame. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta work on that. <laughs> Even Dark Souls had spooky boobs. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to see them. Well, that was, that's not, not really for me. <laughs> yeah, more shock factor than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's definitely a place for porn games, and they just, like, not necessarily full-blown porn games. Like, I, I could see that being a bit problematic, but, like, the fact, like, we talked about it and when I talked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, how they had this, like, nudity filter and then it was just always enabled on all platforms whether you turned it on or off it's like it's just boobies what's the fucking point of this filter like so many stupid questions like this is an m-rated game already why is this happening (laughs) don't (laughs) don't treat me like a child yeah but like you can handle murdering people but you can't handle boobs i've Absolutely killed 400 times as many humans in video games than I've seen pairs of boobs. I can I bet money on that. <laughs> That's definitely problematic. Well, you need you need to rectify that. You need to balance that out. I expect you to have like a screen going on in front of you at all times. That's just every second showing a different nude photo, kind of like 
um, <laughs> Lilu trying to learn all of knowledge in Fifth Element. Just <laughs> rapid fire breaths in front of you. I see boobs everywhere. Until you can balance that out. <laughs> Pin my eyelids back. <sighs> okay, well, <laughs> I'm scared to ask any more questions. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I've covered it in as much as I'm going to be able to. Alright. Any final thoughts on the episode in general? Nah. This is this episode? This whole episode? It's it's a wash. This is is the last episode. You can say that now, because they've already listened to the whole thing. You guys really shouldn't have listened to this episode. (laughs) Yeah, bad call. Gotcha. Fuckers. Um, What are you you promoting this week, if anything? You know what? I, I will promote something here. There is uh, another channel that I'm on. Uh, since I know you're going to promote your channel as well, I'm going to take the opportunity here. Hmm. Uh, that is the Dylan and Andy channel. It's myself and an old buddy of mine, Dylan. And one of the things we're talking about lately is Match 3 Games and Honey Pop 2 in general. is gonna A new video for that's going to be coming out very soon if it's not out already. So if you want to hear more of me trying to explain why Honey Pop 2 is a good game, despite the fact that it's objectively a bad game, you check that out. Look up Dylan and Andy in YouTube. Dylan Andy Let's Play, I think, is the title of the channel. D-A-L-P. Delp. Delp, yeah. But probably don't actually look up Delp, because that... Delp that's... sounds like one of those terms that's probably like... You look it up in Urban Dictionary and it's disgusting. <laughs> that's slippery sloped white supremacy. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> it's, al- it's always... Whenever you look something up in Urban Dictionary, it's always racist or disgusting. <laughs> it really is. Uh, we ban acronyms in general. <laughs> Always well, we said it. <laughs> what about you? What are you? What are you showing this week? Uh, yeah, I guess pretty much just the YouTube channel. There's only two videos on it. You guys have been doing it for a long time, so you, you check their channel out if you want a, a nice breadth of content. Uh, check don't, my channel. Don't watch most of it, please. Oh, don't. don't. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> most of it's problematic. There you go. No doubt for you, I guess. After all. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Check out RPGG on YouTube. Uh, if you Google it, I don't think there's any other channels called it. I don't know how links work on YouTube because if you type in YouTube.com/RPGG or slash channel slash RPGG, it doesn't work. But there's no other channels with that name. So Google, Google it. Google it. Yeah, it's a couple a couple of good videos on RPGs in general. Uh, my my RPG of the year last year, Yakuza. Which I have a nice circle jerk around that game, and then I also did a seasonal RPG video, which I would recommend sooner than later because we're a month into the season. So <laughs> yeah, that's got plenty of uh, anime girls and Japanese. RPGs, Western RPGs, strategy RPGs. Learn more at RPGG dot no, not dot com. That, that, that RPG yeah. video is a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. Um yeah, that's all I got for this episode. All right. Well I guess that's it for us then. Thanks. For the, you know, this is supposed to be some kind of, kind of, Thanks everyone for listening to us on our forty seventh Game Off Podcast episode. Thanks yeah. to our producer whose name begins with D for doing the producer. Direct stuff. deposit. Dude, thanks for thanks for DJ Direct Deposit for <laughs> for producing us <laughs> and paying us apparently and paying us. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some Visa subscribe. gift cards. Subscribe on the the, the Stitchers and the whatever else is Player FMs and all this. Yeah, all wherever that jazz. fine fine podcasts are sold. Yeah, give us a give us a like and a comment and a subscribe. Give us give us uh write us a review. Do it. Oh gosh, yeah. Come on. Everyone reads reviews still. 
Yeah. Just, just do it. You're pretty the, enough. The, They'll Apple take you podcast seriously. Market or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, yeah. Most of our listens do come from Apple, so yeah. If you're on Apple, definitely write a review. That that'd be much appreciated. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, handsome folks out there. <laughs> All right, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's that's definitely it. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Oh, bye. <laughs> uh, we'll plan this one.